Encounters with God is our current teaching series, and if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Luke chapter 19. We'll be looking at verses 1 through 10, talking this weekend about committing. And so I walked you through the 5G process, but what I want us to do this morning is to focus on that first G, genuine Christian. What does it mean to be a genuine Christian? What does that, what does that look like? Because you need to understand that just because you have kind of a general belief about God doesn't mean that you're a Christian. There's a lot of people that would say, oh yeah, I believe there is a God. And there's a major difference between believing in a general way that there is a God and actually giving your life to him, making a commitment of your life to him, having a relationship with him. And in fact, you can reason to a point of probability, you'll notice here this statement on your notes, you can reason to a point of probability in the veracity of the reality of the scriptures, but also of this man, Christ Jesus, that he really existed. He came to this earth. He really is God in the flesh, came and died on the cross for us and ascended into heaven and is currently interceding for us. You can, you can believe that in a sense of, of building a case in favor and tilting the scale of probability that indeed that is historical, evidential, and factual, but it takes commitment to lead to certainty. So you can reason to a point of probability, but it takes commitment to lead to certainty. That's what those that are getting baptized have said, yes, I'm making a commitment in my life. I'm giving my life to him. So there's a major difference between believing in God in a general way and actually committing your life to him, knowing him, loving him, walking with him, having him at the center of your life. And so we're gonna look at the story of Zacchaeus this morning, and he's gonna show us what that means, what it means to be a genuine Christian. Would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray, and then we'll dive into our text this morning. Father God, to know you and to be loved by you is life's greatest passion, pursuit, and pleasure. May the study of your word this morning stoke the fires of our affection for you. Give us a deeper experience of your amazing grace I pray this morning that sleepy Christians would wake up, that nominal Christians would be converted, and even those that are, that are hard to reach would be attracted to you. We pray these things for your glory in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Take a look at this uh, text. I'm going to kind of walk through it somewhat slowly and kind of give you a little context so that you understand what this is about. How many are familiar with the story of Zacchaeus? Show of hands. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. He climbed up in a what kind of tree? Sycamore tree. So you do know that song. How many grew up singing that song in Sunday school? Okay. Okay, so that's the story. It's a pretty amazing story. And so this is Jesus. It's towards the end of his ministry. He entered Jericho with his disciples, quite an entourage with him. And there's, there's just crowds gathering to see this Jesus uh, because word had gotten out of, of this man, Christ Jesus. So he entered Jericho and was passing through. And there was a man named Zacchaeus, and he was a chief tax collector and was rich. Let me talk to you a little bit about this. Tax collectors were despised as collaborators and extortionists. Um, pretty interesting. They were collaborators with the Roman occupying enemy government by charging exorbitant amounts of, of tax money to the people with the Roman military actually backing them up. They were extortionists because they could charge whatever they wanted as long as uh, the imperial government got their part and, and they could keep the rest. Uh, 
And you'll notice in verse 2 that he was a chief tax collector, and he was very wealthy, just rich. And he would be despised in his day like we would despise maybe a uh, Bernie Madoff. You guys familiar with the, like the Bernie Madoff out of New York City who uh, had that Ponzi scheme? Though that was illegal, what he's doing, what Zacchaeus is doing is legal, but he's still ripping people off. Or he would be despised like maybe a leader of a drug cartel or a sex trafficking uh, group of, of some sort. That's a little bit of uh, how people, as we would despise those folks, they despised him in this day and time. And what's fascinating about this story, as we read through this story, that the more you understand the doctrine of God's amazing grace, the less you'll, you'll ever see any person or situation hopeless. Because he's the, la- the least likely candidate to come to faith in Jesus. Most people would write him off. In fact, you're going to hear some people grumbling about the fact of how Jesus responds to him. And, uh, and so, let's continue reading verse 3. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. This is Zacchaeus. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was a wee little man. He was very small of stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. So he was just so fascinated and captivated by who this Jesus is. And by the way, for a man to run, I kind of get the idea here. I would kind of uh, see, kind of, I see a Danny DeVito, okay? (laughs) Okay, little Danny DeVito uh, with, uh, you know, this toga on, climbing a tree. Just seems really weird, doesn't it? But this shows you the intensity of his pursuit of wanting to see Jesus. And, uh, and so it's really, really quite interesting. So he's not only running, which was uncommon for dignified men to do, but he climbs up in a tree, which was even more so undignified for this man to do. And I absolutely love this next section. And when Jesus came to the place... I mean, so keep in mind, there's crowds all over. Jesus is coming in, and Jesus comes to the place where this dude has climbed up in the tree to see Jesus. He's looking to see if he can see Jesus, and Jesus walks up and says, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down. He probably fell down. He fell out of the tree. (laughs) To have the one that you're wanting to see, he comes and sees you and calls you by name. How did he know me? He knows me. I mean, he had to have just blown his mind. And uh, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods... I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house since he also is the son of Abraham. This is a great verse right here. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Purpose of Jesus, that's why he came to this earth, to seek and to save the lost. This is God's word to us this morning. So three things, three things we can draw from this text as it relates to what it means to be a genuine Christian. The first one is that you gotta climb a tree, okay? You gotta climb a tree. Second thing is you gotta see over the crowd, and the third thing is you gotta bring Jesus home. 
So those that are getting baptized today, this is what they've done. This is what it means to be a genuine Christian. Let's take each one of those one by one. So first of all, climb a tree. Our greatest barrier to Christ is pride. That's your first fill in the blank. Pride is an inflated view of self. Pride is an independent attitude towards God, almost like, I don't need God. I'm doing quite fine without God. Well, little do you know, your very breath, your very heartbeat is dependent upon God. In him we live, we, we, we move, live, we live and move and have our being. I didn't get that right, but you understand what I'm saying. We live and move and have our being in him. Uh, he's the source of life, the fact that the sun comes up every day. We are totally dependent upon him, whether you want to accept that or not. But there's pride in us that has this attitude of independence towards God. It's just to push God off. I don't really need God in my life. And, and, uh, and so what happens here is that you see this uh, Zacchaeus. When Zacchaeus got up in a tree, he left his pride behind. Behind, It would be a little bit like maybe our governor, Jan Brewer, climbing a tree to watch a parade, okay? Wouldn't that be a little bit awkward, kind of weird? And everyone would laugh, and, uh, and it would be the front story on our local uh, network news. And so that's the first thing. Our greatest barrier to Christ is pride. This is part of climbing a tree. Here's the second one. Second point on your notes as it relates to climbing a tree. We're emptied of pride when our hearts are filled with wonder like a child reading a superhero story. This is near the end of Jesus' three-year ministry, so word has spread of this man, Christ Jesus, who had overcome or was overcoming evil with good by healing the sick, raising the dead, stilling the storm, feeding the multitudes, transforming lives with his teaching. Uh, so, so Zacchaeus had heard of this, and he was fascinated. I got to see this Jesus for myself. And uh, let me ask you this, why are we so fascinated with good against evil movies, books, and, and stories? You notice the fascination we have in our society today? Uh, I mean, how many more superhero movie remakes are we going to have of Superman or Batman or Spider-Man? I mean, how many? I mean, I've been alive for a long time, and there's been a whole string of them with new characters almost each time. And why are we so fascinated? And we, they, they still make money. People still go to the movies. I was kind of grew up, uh, my dad uh, was more into the tough guy movies. Here's the tough guys that he kind of really liked. John Wayne, okay? Uh, Clint Eastwood, go ahead and make my day, okay? Uh, and then uh, Charles Bronson. They were the tough guy movies. Why, why was he so fascinated? Why are we so fascinated with superhero, tough guy movies? I like the movies Braveheart, Gladiator, Lord of the Rings. See, our world is filled with stories of good against evil, some king, ruler, hero coming back to slay the dragon, save the world. Why is that? Why is that? Because here's, here's the reason, is because we know deep in our heart, you know deep in your heart, whether you want to admit it or not, this place is broken. This world is a mess. And we're, we're about 200 years into this experiment called the United States of America. How's it going? You know, all the education, all the politics, all the, the courts and the government and the Congress and, and uh, everything, you know, all that we're trying to do, self-help programs, billion-dollar industry, guess what? It's not getting it done. You know that. We're, I'm not saying that we don't need those things. There's a lot of those things that we do need, but they're just dealing with symptoms. There's a much deeper problem. We're not getting to the 
the deep problem within our hearts, within our lives. And in fact, um, we, we kind of, there, there's that sense that there's more than just the natural, there's a supernatural. And there seems to be some sort of an evil spell on this planet Earth. We need a savior. We need a hero to, hero to save us. That's why our hearts are drawn to these kind of movies. Here's the next point in your notes. You have to be willing to be childlike and believe that Jesus is the underlying reality to which all of the heroic stories point to. That Jesus Christ is the underlying reality under which all of these uh, other stories point to. There's something within our hearts. He is the beautiful prince, ruler, and king your heart longs for when you watch those movies and read those books and hear these stories. And he came to rescue. He came to seek and to save those that are lost. He came to make things right. He came to, first of all, set our hearts right. And then one of these days, he's coming back again, the second coming, to set this whole planet and world right. So he starts within our own lives, our individual lives and hearts and begins to work within us, and then, and then he's coming back the second time to set the whole new heavens and new earth. In fact, it tells us in Matthew 18, one through four, that you cannot come to him unless you are a little child, and you're captivated by the wonder of who he is. In fact, I'll tell you what, it was a number of years ago, and I, I say this a lot here at Desert Breeze, but it was a, it was a number of years ago that my heart was was smitten by the beauty and the glory of who Jesus is, and I've never been the same since then. And so you gotta, you gotta climb a tree, but you gotta see over the crowd. Verse seven, verse seven, did you notice that the people grumbling? That's the crowd. That's the crowd, and you can't let the crowd keep you from Jesus. Because it had been very easy for him to be more concerned about what the crowd said than having Jesus come home with him. He goes, oh, you know, my friends don't like you, Jesus, and, or they don't like the fact that you're coming over to my house, and, and you don't see him do that. You've got to learn to see over the crowd. Our second biggest problem, so if our first biggest problem is our pride, our second biggest problem to Christ are religious people. One of the biggest obstacles in the way of people coming to Christianity is that they think that they know about it already. They think that they already know what Christianity is about. That's one of the biggest obstacles. If you talk to most non-believers about Christianity, I say, so what is it that you're rejecting? You're rejecting Christianity, but do you even understand what that is? Most people would give you a definition of something that they're rejecting that's not even consistent with what the Bible says Christianity is. That make sense? And what's crazy about that is that there's even a lot of Christians on, uh, in America today that if you were to ask them to define Christianity, they couldn't even really define it because there's a lot of confusion as it relates to that. And this becomes one of the obstacles. Oftentimes we, we associate Christianity with religious people. There are two types of, uh, two groups of people on this planet Earth. I could fit everybody here into one of these two groups and everybody out there into one of these two groups. The Bible says this. And there are those who are, are sinners, messed up, and know it, and so we're, we cling to Jesus. We come to him because he came to seek and to save those that are lost. And he's putting our lives back together. So that's the first group. They, they, are, uh, they are sinners, messed up, and know it. And then the other group, that they are sinners, they are messed up, and don't know it. And within that group, there are two groups of people. There are the irreligious, which would be represented by Zacchaeus, trying to fill their lives up with uh, stuff, wealth, and power, and possessions. That's the irreligious. I don't need God. I can, I can find satisfaction in positions and possessions and, and, and the pleasures of life. 
That's the irreligious. But the other group would be the religious, that they actually think that by doing a, a set of good works that they can, uh, they can get close to God, they can know God, that they can have a relationship with God, and that's simply not the case. You can't. You can't do it by your own efforts. There's this eternal chasm that separates us from God that cannot be bridged by you or by me or by the best efforts on this planet. And, uh, and that's the reason why, in fact, uh, take a look at this. Uh, in fact, let me ask you this. You can turn to the person next to you as it relates to this and ask them this question because it's, it's an important question. Who are the only people that Jesus seems to ever get down on in the New Testament when you hear him really kind of chastising? Real quick, see if the person next to you knows the answer to that. Okay, I kind of spoon-fed you the, the answer, didn't I? Uh, because that's what we're talking about. Okay, how many said religious people? Religious people, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You'll find Jesus is just as turned off by re- the religious crowd as, as you are. And by the way, if we really were honest, we all tend to f- fall prey to that because that's the default mode of the human heart, is that when we become Christians, we kind of fall into religion And sometimes we look down at others thinking that we're better than them because we go to church, we read our Bible, we do all these things. We're not. It's by God's grace. Jesus was a friend of what? Of sinners. Now listen to me. Jesus is a friend of sinners unlike you have ever experienced. And that's what begins to transform our lives. Here's the next point on your notes. Religion says obey and Jesus will be your friend. That's religion. In fact, you could put all the major cults and religions of our world today in that category because they all say that. They all say, hey, if you do this set of works, then you will uh, appease God and he will accept you. And they would basically say, the good are in, you live according to this standard, and the bad are out. That's, that's religion. Here's Christianity. Here's the gospel. The gospel says Jesus is your friend, therefore you'll obey him. Don't ever misunderstand that. It starts with his friendship, and then that's what transforms your life. It's amazing. That's an amazing distinction between uh, religion and, and the gospel. Um, and so the first, religion, good or in, bad or out, the gospel, the humble are in, the proud are out. All you need to become a Christian is need, and to say yes to Jesus, say yes, I need you, I need you. Now you tell me which, which belief system is the most inclusive. People would say that, oh, Christianity is so exclusive. Huh? Very inclusive. All that's required is humility, admission of the fact that you're separated. You need God. You need Jesus to save you. He came to seek and to save those that are lost. Here's the next point. When you find out who Jesus really is through Scripture, not through the crowd, if you get rid of your misconceptions as it relates to the crowd, well, I'm not going to be a Christian. Those people, the way they are and who they are and whatever, hey, you've got to get beyond that. You've got to begin to see Jesus. I've seen people actually drop out of churches because of how they were treated by by Christians, so to speak, or religious people in the church. And, and I would hear them say this, if that's how... Jesus is. Well, that's not how Jesus is. Get over that. Begin to see who Jesus really is through the scripture, and your heart will be forever changed with joy and wonder. Did you notice how Zacchaeus responded when Jesus said, hey, I'm going to come over to your house today? 
I mean, he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And if that's true, if that's true about Zacchaeus that didn't, didn't know, whole, know the whole story, we have the privilege uh, of, of knowing and have the luxury of seeing the whole story. That guess where Jesus is headed? He's headed to the cross to die for you and I, to indeed rescue us from our, from our sin, from ourselves. And it's Jesus' indispensable and costly death that restores us to a place of favor and friendship with God that melts and transforms our hearts. And then that's what causes us to want to bring Jesus home. That's the third thing. So, so we uh, climb a tree, kind of overcome the pride. We see over the crowd, got to see really who Jesus is as he, as he captivates our heart. He overtakes our hearts with his love, and then we bring Jesus home. Verse 5, Jesus said, I must stay at your house. Verse six, Zacchaeus received him joyfully. Verse seven, the group grumbled, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. The words stay, received, and guest represent room and board. So this just was not just for dinner, and dinner would be significant enough, but we don't know how many days he stayed with Zacchaeus, but he stayed long enough that Zacchaeus' heart was transformed. See, the evening meal was really the center of family life, and it meant affirmation, partnership, and intimacy. And so Jesus come, came into his life, the center of his life, and began to transform Zacchaeus' life. Here's the next point on your notes. You real, realize that though you may have everything, you have nothing apart from Christ, and that's really what Zacchaeus came to terms with. He realized, man, I got all the money and all the power and all the wealth in the world, and yet, why is my life still empty? I was listening last night to the, they were talking about the uh, March Madness uh, stuff, and Charles Barkley was talking, and he said, you know, this, this life of fame and fortune isn't, isn't what it's all cracked up to be. Coming from his mouth, I mean, he just said, hey, it's not, people think that this is all a wonderful life and all of that. I mean, he was talking about, he talked about the emptiness inside. And anybody, you know, especially as Zacchaeus, he recognizes there's still an emptiness inside. Though you may have everything, you have nothing apart from Christ. Everybody has to live for something. And whatever that something is becomes the Lord of your life, whether you want to think of it that way or not. If you live for career or romance or money or family or children or sports or physical fitness, and you can add to that list whatever you want, whatever it might be that you might be pursuing, if you don't do well, it will punish you your whole life, whatever that is that you're living for, and you'll feel like a failure. But even if you do well, at some point, it will be completely unfulfilling. St. Augustine put it this way, if there is a God who created you, then the deepest chambers of your soul simply cannot be filled up by anything less. Jesus is the only Lord that if you bring him home will fulfill you completely and if you fail him will forgive you eternally. Next point on your notes, so how does grace work? This is, this is an understanding of grace. Jesus comes home with us and that's what changes us. So it's bringing Jesus home. That's what ultimately transforms us. And uh, life change is the result of Christ's love and not the other way around. Now, now, everybody look up here just for a minute. What are you struggling with in your life? All of us have struggles. We have those idiosyncrasies. We have those things in our life that haunt and harass and hassle us. 
What is it you struggle with? Did you know that the solution to that struggle is not kind of, come on, you can do it, to be cheer-led into trying harder, doing something different? No, here's the answer is, is to continue to fix your eyes on Jesus specific to where your heart is most restless as it relates to whatever you're struggling with. Because whatever you're struggling with is probably because you're trying to find and meet a need out of that pursuit of whatever it is that only Jesus can ultimately meet. And so it's through the bringing him into your life and, and as he begins to impact every aspect of your life, that's how you overcome those things. It's not by what you do, it's by what has been done for you that changes what you do. It changes what you do. So the doing comes out of what has been done for you by you being more and more captivated and finding your deepest satisfaction in him. And uh, life changes the result of Christ's love and not the other way around. First John 4, 19, we love him because why? He first loved us. You always go back to that. You always go back to that. Two parts of grace. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner who's accepted and loved unbelievably. So it's that acceptance and love that begins to transform my heart. Here's the next one. Grace will change every aspect of your life. Grace will change every aspect of your life. I mean, this guy in Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, notice this, he, lordship, that's, that's what happens. God, you're, you're in control of my whole life. You're at the center of my life. Um, I need you, Lord, turning my life over to him. Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will restore it fourfold. Zacchaeus goes from extortionist to philanthropist. Pretty amazing. He goes from self, selfish to selfless, from greedy to gracious. And what this tells us is that you just don't meet Jesus on Sunday. This is where you come in, you think about Jesus for a few moments, and then you go off and do your own thing. It's actually, you know, it's an every day of the week communion that imparts, that impacts every aspect of our lives. And you can kind of see when Jesus is getting a hold of your life, you see it in Zacchaeus' life. Whatever you effortlessly spend your time and money on shows what you treasure the most, what has captured your heart. And, and what does he do? He invites Jesus into his life, every aspect of his life. And then he begins to be freed up with his finances. It's pretty amazing, pretty amazing story. And, uh, and so here's a, a really good way to end this time together, Revelations 3.20. Maybe you've heard his voice this morning as I've spoken. This is what Jesus would be speaking to us this morning. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. Jesus is a friend of sinners unlike you've ever, ever experienced. Let him overtake your heart this morning and you'll never be the same. And so, have you climbed the tree, seen over the crowd, and have you brought Jesus home with you? Now, those that are gonna be getting, making this uh, this public declaration, that's what they're declaring. And let me just give you a couple verses here, and then what we're going to do is I'm going to have you stand. You're going to greet each other. We're going to take about a, a three- or four-minute break as we get ready for our baptism time. But here's a couple verses to kind of help you to see what they're doing. It's uh, Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. In other words, what they're doing, this is called substitutionary atonement. Atonement means at one moment. They've been brought into 
a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, not through their efforts, but through his efforts, and they're identifying publicly with what he did for them. He died for me. He lives through me now. And uh, it says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, those that are in Christ have become a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. 2 Corinthians 5.21, he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. All the, the acceptance, security, and significance we'll ever need is found in Jesus. And so that's what they're doing here this morning. Let's pray, and we'll take a quick break, and then we'll come back, and we're going to baptize some folks. God, thank you for this uh, very monumental moment in the history of Desert Breeze here in our new building as we baptize some folks that are making a public declaration of their faith in you. I pray for those that are here this morning that maybe have never made a confession of faith. I pray that you would work on their hearts this morning. Let them see your beauty and glory and what you offer them, this fullness of life that only can be found in you. Awaken us to this. Thank you, God, for the newness of life we have in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with me? Take a few moments, greet those that are around you, welcome them to Desert Breeze, and then in a few moments, we will be baptizing. Okay, man. State your name. Kenneth Wyman. Okay. Don't, don't jump too hard. You might be knocking a hole in the bottom. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Ken, because of your confession of faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Old things passed away. All things have become new. Praise God. Praise God. Right there, man. It tells us in uh, 2 Corinthians uh, 5, uh, 17, it says, those that are in Christ have become a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. Okay, you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Okay, name? Alicia Wyman. Okay. okay. Did you want to share anything? I just wanted to thank God for his mercy and his grace, and I'm so lucky to be here with all of you. Right on. Yeah. Praise God. Okay. The husband is going to baptize the wife. We'll just have to make sure that, yeah, he doesn't hold her under. So that's why we've got guys standing by to make sure that. But, uh, Alicia, because of your confession of faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Old things pass away, all things have become new. Praise God. Barbara Barham. Okay. Okay, that's enough. Yeah, a little Sea World action there, huh? So this is uh, brother in law. That's the brother-in-law. Yeah, okay. We got that one. And you're going to baptize uh, your sister-in-law, Barbara. Barbara, because of your confession of faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Praise God. Old things pass away. 
All things have become new. Amanda? Amanda. Thank you. Yeah. Amanda, because of your confession of faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Old things pass away, all things have become new. Praise God. Rachel McAvoy. Thanks, Rachel. Is this your birthday today? That's fantastic. Praise God. That's kind of special, right? Yeah, it is. Can I say something? Yes, absolutely. First of all, I want to thank uh, uh, your dad and your mom for letting me do this, and Jack for letting me do this, too. So uh, that's an honor for me to be able to baptize right Rachel. On. In the story of the Bible, Jacob worked 14 years because he loved Rachel so much. Your Jesus loved you so much he died for you. Mm. Right on. Remember that. Rachel, because of your confession of faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Old things pass away, old things have become new. Thank you, Jesus. Rachel just went through the game of life here just recently. Oh, by the way, uh, as you go in there, you might, if, if uh, you could go like this, you could hold your nose, and then the, you, what you want to do is it makes it easier for the folks that are in there helping you to be baptized to give, to give them kind of a handle. You can put your arms across like this. If you need to hold your nose, you can go like that, okay? So, Rachel, because of your confession of faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All things have passed away, all things have become new. Is this, uh, is this husband baptizing wife? Okay, so that's why Darren's in there, to make sure that he doesn't hold her under the water. Okay, that's just a, that's a dumb joke, but. Diana, because of your confession of faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hey, Darren, why don't you get on the other side there and help him out? That, did, uh, that, that, that didn't work. You got to go all the way under. Maybe you should hold her under, huh? 
<laughs> okay, they'll, they'll get you here. Diane, because of your confession of faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yes! <laughs> Shannon Morgan, I just want to thank Jesus for my sobriety of almost three years. Woo! Shannon, because of your confession of faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Old things passed away, all things have become new. Ellen, because of your confession of faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Old things have passed away, all things have become new. This is daughter baptizing mom. Kim, because of your confession of faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Woo! All things, all things new. My name is Carol. My granddaughter and my daughter are going to baptize me. Ooh. And this is my birthday present. Yes. Yes. So we have three generations right here in the tub. Isn't that cool? Carol, because of your confession of faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Old things pass away, all things have become new. That's awesome. Awesome. Kristen Johnson. This gal was in the hospital the last... Uh, 48 hours or so, got two units of blood and some potassium, almost didn't make it here, but here she is today to make this public declaration of her faith in Jesus. Praise God. Kristen, because of your confession of faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All things new. Praise God.
My name is Andrew Arena, and um, I couldn't be more thankful to have my wife bring me here to Desert Breeze and true confession of faith. Praise God. Hey, right on. Right on. Andrew, because of your confession of faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Praise God. That thing's new. Thank you, Jesus. Betty Ball. Hey, Betty. Betty, because of your confession of faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yes. Praise God. Old things have passed away, all things have become new. I'm Megan Knopf, and I'd like to thank my family, Jesus, and my boyfriend for being here. Excellent. Megan, because of your confession of faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Old things have passed away, all things have become new. Praise God. Brian Hughes. Excellent. Brian, because of your confession of faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Old things passed away, all things have become new. Praise God. Okay, what we traditionally do is we give a, a last call if you are here today and uh, maybe you heard the message and your heart has moved in some way and you thought, you know what, I, I think I'd like to do that. You could do that this morning. It'll only take you about four hours for your clothes to dry out. <laughs> now, we've got plenty of towels up here. We've got a bunch of towels, and so we'd be more than happy to kind of help you to dry off. And, but uh, would you like to uh, make a public declaration here? Last call. Anyone? Would you like to make a... We're going to get my name is Mickey Stevens and I've been a Christian since I was 23 years old and I've made a lot of mistakes and I think it's a process I think it's a journey and we fall down and we get up again and, but I'm thankful for Ray and Desert Freeze and 
I just want to start over again and give my life to Christ and give him my whole heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Anyone else after Mickey? Come on up. Daughter's gonna baptize mom. Jordan, Jordan, you can stay in there and help her out. Mickey, because of your confession of faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Old things have passed away, all things have become new. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. This is a miracle what you're watching when people's lives have been captivated and overtaken by the love of Jesus Christ. And so uh, here we go. You guys ready? Here we go. Christian Kaiser. Cool, man. Right on. <laughs> this is Kevin, our, uh, youth, our kid's pastor, and so he gets the chance to to baptize one of his guys, Christian. Christian, because of your confession of faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Old things have passed away, all things have become new. Praise God. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Okay. Katie Harrison. Katie. Katie, because of your confession of faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Old things have passed away, all things have become new. Praise God. Old things have passed away, all things have become new. Tammy Harris. Excellent. Lowell and Shireen, are you guys related here? Oh, wallet. Here, I'll, I'll hold his wallet. <laughs> Praise God, we got to, we're, we're reaching our budget this week. She's my, dad, my niece. <laughs> She's your niece. Excellent. 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 Tammy, because of your confession of faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Praise God. Praise God. Amanda Shack. Say that one more time. Amanda Shack. Yes. Oh, yeah, let's do that. Let's hold off for a second. Why don't you hold off just for a second? Let's do these two while Lowell and Shireen are still in there. Timothy Pearson.
Timothy, because of your confession of faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Praise God. Praise God. Gary Eddings. Gary, because of your confession of faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Hey, is there a way that you could put this up on the screen? Is it, it's on the outside, outside, isn't it? The, the camera, can you put it up here on the uh, screen that the folks over here might not be able to see what's going on because of all the bodies in their way? Would you guys like to see it up on the screen? Okay. I, I don't know if they can do it, but I think they've got it out in the foyer in, the, in our overflow. Oh, there it is. Man, who's that bald dude up there? Okay, here we go. Amanda Schacht. I love to see our youth get baptized when God gets a hold of their hearts at such a young age. Amanda, because of your confession of faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Praise God. Praise God. Is this the boyfriend? Okay. The boyfriend is uh, baptizing his girlfriend. So here we go. Raquel, because of your confession of faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All things have passed away. All things have become new. Praise God. It, it looks like most of you are doing this. I think it's perfect. You, if, do make sure you cross your arms like this, and if you need to hold your nose, you can do that, but it does give uh, those that are baptizing you something to hang on to, to kind of pull you out of the water, because we'd hate to have, to have you keep you underwater for too long. Ariana Cunningham. Ariana, because of your confession of faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Praise God. Brooke Neumeyer. That's cool. Brooke, because of your confession of faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All things have passed away. All things have become new. Praise God.
Meredith K. Day. Excellent. Meredith, because of your confession of faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Praise God. Praise God. Krista. My name is Krista Baca. This is my second time being baptized. I was baptized when I was 13, but it led a I walked down the wrong path, and I'm back, and I love my church family, and I'm so thankful for everyone here at Thanks, Krista. Krista, because of your confession of faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All things have passed away. All things have become new. Good morning. My name is Gail Brumley, and this is the first time I've ever been baptized. I came to the Lord about nine months ago. I hear this verse constantly and consistently in my life even before I became a Christian, and I didn't understand it until now. It's Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. Thank you. Gail, because of your confession of faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Praise God. All things pass away, all things have become new. Praise God. Praise God. My name is Jeanette Moat, and I've been baptized a couple times, but I really understand it now, and I love this lady and everybody here. It's great. Thanks, Jeanette. Jordan, why don't you stay in there? Just You can help. Jeanette, because of your confession of faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Praise God. Awesome.
Uh, Michael Harrison Carlisle. Peace be to all who are in Christ. Praise God. Let's take that. Thanks. Here you go. Michael, because of your confession of faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All things have passed away. All things have become new. Hi, I'm Daniel Murphy, and um, I believe Jesus came to me in an hour of need through my brother Bob Terry. And... Uh, Jesus said to John the Baptist, do it for righteousness. Cool. You're an awesome dude. Uh, thanks, God. Thanks, God. If you ever have these, uh, God sets up these divine appointments from time to time in our life, and, and uh, the way these guys uh, met was really a divine appointment, and Bob has been very instrumental in Dan's life, and then he got plugged into a small group where he didn't know that the people attended Desert Breeze, and eventually they drug him here. And uh, God has continued to, to work in Dan's life amazingly. So really cool to see that. Good stuff. Dan, because of your confession of faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Praise God. Praise God. Okay, so as we do here traditionally is that we make a last call. If for some reason this morning, as you've set out there and you've never made a public declaration of your faith in Jesus Christ, and you feel like that God's tugging on your heart, this would be a good time. We'll baptize you. It'll only take about three to four hours for your clothes to dry out. Okay, no, it won't take that long. We've got, we've got some towels up here. And uh, we'd love to be able to baptize you. You can make that public declaration. We had, a, we had one in the first service this morning that spontaneously said, yep, I think I understand it now. I want to make that public. Anybody? Last call. Last call. What a wonderful day this has been. What an amazing weekend for us desert breezers. You know, as we've watched God do what he does best, he transforms our lives. So this is what we do here. So we do something else that's very traditional. We do a big yay God. And so we're going to blow the ceiling off of this place by doing this yay God. And the reason why we do this yay God is for the fullness of life that we have in him, for the celebration of the life that we see in those that made that public declaration, but also for the life that we have in him. And the only way you can do this is you've got to stand up, okay? You've got to get kind of positioned in such a way that we're going to blow the roof off and then uh, our band's going to lead us in this final song and send us home. You guys ready? Here we go. Big yay God for the life, the fullness of life that Jesus Christ came to give to us that we have as a gift from him. We celebrate that this morning in Jesus' name. One, two, three. Yay God! Woo! Yes. Yeah.